Hola, buenos dias, soy Nico, and today we are back for another episode of the Aesthetics Podcast. Um, today we're going to be talking about something a little bit more intimate, a little bit more, you know, sensual. I mean, in a, in a connotation. Today we're going to be talking about intimacy starvation. <laughs> and it, uh, this conversation was spurred by a TikTok that I did a Patreon video over, basically discussing this girl that was crying, basically saying, I need, like, a hug. I need to be touched. I haven't been... You know, I haven't felt human connection in so long. And a lot of people would just say, oh, go get your nails done. Go get your hair done. She's like, no, I want to be hugged by somebody that loves me, you know. And I feel like we had a brief discussion over this in Third Eye, which was a very productive conversation. And I kind of just wanted to recapture that magic just for the podcast, because I feel like it's a conversation that a lot of people aren't discussing nowadays, especially because loneliness has become not only a business for a lot of people for example um we've seen the uprising of twitch streamers we've seen the uprising of vloggers except uprising like it's something ominous um basically people that share their time with others and it's become an actual format of you know capital capitalism and being able to pay their bills it's, it's an interesting dynamic and I just wanted to talk about why is that the case that so many people are so lonely in the age where we have access to so many people at the tip of our fingers, you know? And I would love to open that conversation up to anybody that would like to start first or else I'm just going to start crying about my own problems. <laughs> Star Mother, you have your hand up. Hello, everybody. I'm Star Mother, and I've come to tell you my tale. Um, so first oh, of all, let us... Let us just acknowledge that the Attorney General of the United States has admitted that or has said that there is a loneliness epidemic. Um, mm. And there have been a lot of different people who said different things about it, like the loss of the third place um, or a place of community uh, ever since the pandemic of 2020 and into 2021. And we're still feeling the after effects now. Uh, a lot of people don't really go out as much or aren't as doing as much. There are certain places that are thriving and getting that, um, getting a certain rush of people, but they don't really have the capacity and or the facilities to kind of handle all the people who are coming, trying to find that community and build those connections. But ultimately, one of the things that has, one of the things that's really telling um, was a recent study that they found in Japan where if you don't talk to people because Japan has such a, uh, loneliness problem with people really kind of like going to work to die and or becoming complete and total recluses from society and mm -hmm. very little people having that in between is that you will lose um, the knowledge of how to communicate. Mm. And we have all these parasocial relationships of people having kind of a one-way conversation with somebody and or creating more out of relationship than what it is through online context. Um uh, which the human mind really isn't kind of not inherently to say evolved from because to say evolved would mean that we are no better than our base self. And I wouldn't, I don't subscribe to that, but more so to say that in no point in human history were we ever really prepared for the current social climate that we live in today. Mm -hmm. um, before, if you wanted a hug or if you wanted to meet somebody depending on how you built your friendships and the intimacy around you, you could get that. Being a man has, being a male has never really been necessarily the most warm thing. Um, 
but even then, if you want that social connection, if you want that physical connection, there, were always a, there was always a way. There was always somebody you could find. But in today's modern day and age, people don't really have in-person friends like they used to. Even talking about the Zoom call, I've met some of the people in the Zoom call and I love all of you. Um, some of us have had conversation outside of the Zoom call and I still care for you just as much. Mm -hmm. But it will never truly be and or be the same as that person-person, face-to-face connection um, because to feel and share the same space as somebody, to share that same energy is a totally different ball game mm -hmm. for some people because they're also in dating, and I'm going to wrap this up very quickly. Um, even in dating, people have found where it's just like, you text somebody through an app and you build all this conversation, you guys get along so well, but then you meet each other in person, and then all of a sudden it's weird. Things don't feel the same. It's not connecting like it used to. Mm -hmm. And it's just that person-to-person -person connection, that um, sharing of energy that doesn't happen over the phone or not in the same capacity, that truly kind of emphasizes a lot of different ways where people just are in a very different social climate that mm -hmm. we have not been raised or educated enough upon as a society and as a race, like the human race, on how to really deal with. Because nobody... Nobody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about the side effects, but nobody's really talking about the solutions. And I, I actually agree with that. And I, there was a, oh darn, I, I remember there was a quote that I was going to slide in, basically um, talking about how in today's day and age, even though we have access to so many people, a lot of people, like you said, are just socially stunted in person. And I've, I, I feel like a lot of us who are a little older, you know, I'm 27. So I grew up in the age where flip phones were like the latest thing. So we didn't always have access to uh, random people across the internet. So we still had those fundamental years of, okay, go outside and play with your friends in the backyard or go outside to the playground or park. And you actively grew up learning how to socialize in those little bubbles. But now that we do have access to so many people and the newer generation is raised on tablets, raised on phones, they don't really know how to communicate outside of technology. And yes, that's going to advance tech in the future if we also solve the whole um, education problem that happened after the pandemic where it stunted a lot of the newer generation's reading capabilities. But I feel like outside of that, it just... It socially stunts you. Like you said, I can't really build off of what you said because you said everything perfectly encapsulated what I was thinking. But we'll pass it back over to Ryan. Well, um, I would like to say, well done, Star Mother. You pretty much summarized this it like perfectly. Um, and pretty much I'm just gonna go off the pandemic. I really want to just reiterate that the pandemic really made things a lot worse because social media and technology was already making it, you know, decline. But with the pandemic and everyone forced to isolate themselves for basically half a year to a whole year, depending on the circumstances, people lost the ability to socialize and, you know, just create the human interaction. And it's hard to recreate that when you've been socialized and still you know, it's just be like, oh, I can't be around people because I could risk getting sick or risk dying, et cetera, et cetera. And we're still getting out of that. Even technically the pandemic has been over for like a year, but we're still working our way out of it now, even over a year later. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, COVID is still here. So even though they say it's over, it's like, um, yeah. But 
As far as solutions, unfortunately, there's no really easy solution. You just have to force yourself to get out there and gain experience again, naturally force yourself to just meet people. And I know it's easier said than done because, I mean, to use myself as a case study, I only have like, I can count on one hand how many friends that I have. Now, I can count on my hand how many people I can actually hang out with in person to actually have interactions with, but not the same people, which is why I was going insane while I was working at home, because it's like, oh my God, I'm, I was bored doing this all the time. So I'm working my way towards to meeting more people now, and you know, just going to hope for the best. I'm doing better. I'm reading books. Mm -hmm. Listen to podcasts and stuff that helps a lot. Um, coming into the live streams when I do have time definitely helps a lot as well to to you know maintain some form of social you know interactions so that I won't go completely insane. But you know, do whatever little bit can help. I agree. I agree. And the I want to also stem a conversation on the point about going back out. And it's interesting because after the pandemic, where people were basically isolated for a year to a year and a half to so almost three years, if you really tried your best to just avoid public settings, we've noticed that when people have started to go back out now, such as, let's say, concerts or events, they don't know how to act anymore. Like, I don't know if they act the damn fool. They act in the damn fool for my lack of part of my French. But it's true. Like, for example, we've seen after the pandemic when artists started to go on tour again, suddenly at concerts, people are throwing items at the performers. People are throwing items and starting fights. And it's just, I understand like, oh, boo, tomato, tomato, tomato. But no, they're like throwing phones at people, climbing on stage, attacking artists. And it's just wild to see what a few short years of isolation has done to people's social understanding and i also feel like that is why the boost in parasocial relationships are also increasing for example like ryan said during the pandemic i was at home i was bored i was listening to podcasts i was watching youtube and yes i got more attached to the people that i was watching but at the end of the day for example like i see you guys twice a week when i was watching youtubers when i was listening to podcasts i had no actual interaction with those people but i felt like i was really close to them because oh i listen to you all the time and that kind of supplemented the lonely feeling the loneliness feeling that i was going through during the pandemic so i i admit like when the internet took off i was in the chat rooms i was making friends that way so i'm used to making social connections like this for example since we do meet twice a week every week but i will say it kind of warped my perception of what a healthy relationship should be when I was initially going through that pandemic isolation. But next up was Ian. You had your hand up. Uh, let's see. Um, <clears throat> maybe to uh, take the conversation in a different direction, because like everyone's definitely, I've noticed the pandemic is getting brought up a lot. Um. I literally, I feel like I might be unique in that I did not notice a decrease in social interaction when the pandemic started. Mm. Like, there was no start to the pandemic for me. That was just what life is for me. Because, um, like when I, I, when I was at high school, I had like a friend group that was exclusively heterosexual men, and they like intimacy just wasn't a thing. Like. It was just a very alienated friend group, I think. And it took me a while to sort of, like, 
leave that and just sort of like be comfortable being on my own. So like when the pandemic rolled around, I just didn't notice anything because the only thing I really did was just go to work and then come home again and then go to work, which is similar to what I do now. Um, but yeah, uh, to segue from that, um, like I do pressure area care at the at a hospital. That's my job. Basically, like I'd say like 75% of my job. So it's sort of interesting to me because like in the video that spurred this conversation, like people like recommend, why don't you just like purchase a massage, like hire a masseuse or something like that. But like my job is literally like touching people and manipulating their limbs and stuff like that and really? like rearranging their pillows and stuff for people who can't move themselves for whatever medical reason. And like... That is extremely impersonal. Like the fact that I touch people for eight hours a day mm -hmm. does not, I still feel touch starved as a result of that. It's mm -hmm. like, I'd say like once every like 30 days, there is a patient where the patient will just be like, oh, I'm really sore. And then they'll like thank me afterwards because I've like somehow helped them. And like so... that feeling. So you would say that it's more so the lack of that connection with the person that you're touching <clears throat> rather than just actual mm. touch starvation. Yeah. And like oftentimes people are really unhappy to see me because they'll be in a lot of pain, but oh. they they can't they can't stay in the position that they want to be in. And I'll like actually get cursed out by the person oftentimes because they'll be like, I don't need to do this. And it's like your like nerves are dead and you're like getting bruises. You need to be, you need to be rotated. Like, mm. like your body needs to be changed in position to change what areas are getting pressed into the mattress, etc. Yeah. So yeah. Like oftentimes it's like, I'm actually not very popular. <laughs> Me showing up is like bad news for the patient. Mm. So yeah, definitely doesn't alleviate that. Um, mm. I guess the other other remaining part of like what I was gonna say is like the sort of like part where like touch starvation like maybe um blurs over into like intimacy and sexuality because like it is also part of that I think. Mm, I would I would say <clears throat> in, in the words of Solange, I, what did she say? I tried to sex it away or something like that, and it mm. just didn't work. Um, I. As someone, you know, who has intimacy sexually, <laughs> kind of. Our jobs are actually very similar. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't necessarily. I'd say when I talk about intimacy starvation or touch starvation, it's in a loving, caring way. Like I've been telling my friends recently, I'm like, I'm, I'm more of an emotional slut nowadays, if that makes sense. <laughs> like I would prefer to. Like we have wine night, we cuddle, we gently touch, you know, a kiss at the end of the night. I have not been in, oh, it's time to hunch like mode. It's when I talk about like loneliness, because especially in the LGBT community, sex is very common. Sex is very easy to have. Sex is currency for the most part, unfortunately. So sex never really filled that void. If anything, I will say trying to have sex and using that as a way as intimacy or to get closer to somebody it usually leaves me feeling a bit lonelier in the end because at the end of the day, it's just based on a sexual premise. Yeah. I was talking to my friend just yesterday. Um, I was like, I don't think I can like 
use apps because they don't fun they don't provide the function that I'm looking for. Mm. And they're like, oh, you could like because I like recently sort of like looked up what demisexual means and like oh God, I'm like making that my whole personality at the moment. But um they're like, oh you can like put that in a field and like that can be like a field on your profile that you can enter. And it's like that's mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Like someone looks at it and then goes, oh, well, I'll just sit here and wait for a month for you to decide whether we're attracted to each other or not. That's not how it works. Yes. I will say that, unfortunately, since sex is easy to get to, um, people that do require an emotional connection or just some form of bond with others to get sexual, it does make things a bit more complicated, especially in places on like apps Because if you think social skills are stunted in like public spaces, social skills are especially stunted in apps because people tend to be very blunt. For example, people are more comfortable sending you a picture of their spread open asshole than they are sending you a good morning text or a selfie. So I I would definitely not suggest going on apps for that purpose, but we also will pass it over to Kenneth because he had his hand up. All right. Sorry, I'm a little bit sick, everybody. Forgive my deep voice. Mm. Yeah. As as the youngest member of the group here, huh? I have to say, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so I, I understand the, the 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 theme and the topic of itself. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I I don't make friends easily, but when I do make friends, I've the last few have been long lasting, and um. How I how I've made friends has been through uh drunken uh buffoonery to say the least. Mm. Look, never a sexual encounter. Um, for me, it's like the need to want to be touched or something like that. It's it's something I do desire, but I don't desire it because most people see me as a giant teddy bear rather than a human being. Mm. And I don't need to be seen as an object. I need to be seen as a fucking person. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just me. Um. When I have hung out with people, I do feel that strong connection that kind of holds me over for like two weeks or something like that. Whereas like, I don't need to be like, sometimes I want to be around people, but sometimes I'm like, I don't need to be around everybody all the time. Like intervals of like being around individuals is perfectly fine for me at this point in my life. I don't know what it would be like to meet, like to make a new friend at 30 years old. Not saying that's not possible, but I'm just like, I don't know, especially in today's society where we base so much on like uh appearance and 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 um sexual chemistry more so than actual um social chemistry, mm. you know, and everything like that, which is sad, but it's also it's just a part of our community. Um I always sit there and just wonder is like, do people get to know people because they have great personalities? after they meet like great great personalities or do you care for like how attracted they are and then you just see like the good things about them and not everything about them that makes sense so mm. for me fortunate for, for me i had to you know gain a personality to be seen in the social scene and luckily that has worked for me but i only have like a handful of people who i still uh stay in contact with who i still hang out with and everything like that and it, it does affect me but I've also learned to deal with that because it's been affecting me since I was like in high school where I just never had connection with anybody. So like I've had the tools of like therapy and shit like that to actually get through that emotional with withdrawal of like not having somebody there. Mm. That's interesting. 
Um, I would say I went through a similar thing in high school, um, especially because it was right after my family found out about like my sexuality. So I went through like a lot of trauma and I just stopped speaking to everybody. So I definitely understand the difficulties of trying to outwardly make that connection with others. Uh, because when I did end up in social settings, it was more so in the socially stunted areas. For example, um, I was a part of the nerd club, the anime club, the Dungeons and Dragons club. And I'm, I know most people won't be surprised, but surprisingly, nerds are actually still slightly microaggressively racist. So <laughs> it was just an uncomfortable um, zone to uncomfortable zone to uncomfortable <laughs> zone. So I only really learned how to properly communicate with people. Not out- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> One of our members was like, you were asking for it. You're all you're in these like obtuse clubs. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but that's who I am. So yeah, the point is, I I definitely understand be, it, it being difficult to form that connection because actually, even though like my brother was a speech therapist, I only learned to communicate with people after I took like six years of speech and debate from high school to college. So I I, I definitely understand it, that. Also, one other thing is like, I understand that like commonality is a, an important thing, but I think people place that in the wrong departments. Mm. Like you, you want to have something in common with somebody, but what you want to have in common with them is just the base level for humanity that it doesn't build upon anything from that. Whereas if you actually had like an actual, uh, a bar that was set for like the parameters of which you want to know someone, then that makes more sense. But like, just saying like, I just want somebody who has a job, like that's good to have, obviously, but mm-hmm. should you like, well, what type of job? What type of substance do you want out of that person? What type of work ambitions they have? Because I know people who have jobs, mm-hmm. but there's no up for them, you know? And then there's people who have jobs and it's like, no, they're they're still moving up. You know what I mean? I know somebody who works in high-end luxury and he's about to get a promotion from assistant manager to a whole nother position where that discount's going to get much better. Mm. So it's like, People like that, I know some, like, so it's like, when I see people who want something to have something in common with somebody, but like their, the level that the, the bar that they're setting for that person is like, you could at least raise this up a little bit better to actually meet some person with substance. That's what I'm saying. I definitely agree. I, I feel like hobbies and casual activities shouldn't be the basis uh, for your connections with people, if anything, because they are still fully three-dimensional people outside of their hobbies and activities. For example, I've talked to romantically people that have the same interests as me, but when you take out the interests, we have nothing to talk about because we just did not mesh beyond that. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. Um, next up, Phoenix, you have your hand up. Real quick, uh, Yvonne, is, uh, he was assistant manager for Gucci. Oh, okay. That's money. Yvonne is doing the calculations. <laughs> So I think like, like you said, Nico, I think my generation and the last part of your generation was one of the few that where when we came home from school, we rushed to do our homework so we can go outside and play. And then on the weekends, we go outside and we stay out all day to the streetlights come on and still want to be outside. But with this generation now, like you said, these are babies that was born with an iPad attached to their hands and the phone. So they don't know how to social interact, which is sad because when... MySpace came around and then Facebook, it mm. eliminated social interaction altogether. Like there are still a few of us that will go out to the clubs on the weekends or during the week, go out to the bars and actually sit and interact with people. 
or have our group of friends and we still meet up outside from our phones and our tablets. And even with like the internet, it made video games even playing worse. You're talking to someone across the world threatening you and all this stuff, like you're trying to play a game. It's it's too much. And I can say I met one of my best friends. God, has it been almost almost 20 years now? Through um a app that is no longer existent. Mm-hmm. And he and I, we became best friends so fast. And it's like I can say it's like that's one of the few people that I can say I met through social media that we actually had physical interaction, social interaction in person. He's been to my house. I've been to his, mm-hmm. you know, anytime he comes out here to Vegas, we meet up, but social media today and just the technology we live in today, it has ruined how we interact as a people, as a society. It's, it's awful. It's good sometimes because mm-hmm. We can keep up with family, you know, that we can't really see all the time. But then it's bad because when you see someone in person, like you said, you see them, you're just like crickets. Mm-hmm. It's like you can sit in front of somebody, but you would rather text them than actually open your mouth and talk to them. And, it's, and it's, it's interesting because I, I I will admit I'm a texter. Um, for example, I... It's gotten to the point where since social media kind of is my job, <laughs> I have to be on it. And it gets to the point during the day where I just toss my phone away from me because I'm like, just being on it is so exhausting. And I remember I would get anxiety or I would just get so tired before I would have to go to an actual in-person sh- social event because I was just so used to the ease of technology and apps and texting so that actually going out it caused like a little fear in me for a while. I'd say I had to actually break out of that when I moved to New York because now I do nightlife events. Now I do hosting things. So I have to be out. I have to be social, but breaking out of that comfortable zone of just going, okay, well, I'd rather just text because even nowadays phone calls, they're a lost art. Like, you know, back in the day you would go home. Like for example, before I could leave the house as a child, my grandma always told me, you have to memorize my home phone number before you even go to your friend's house, before you go anywhere. That was the first rule. So just calling people on the phone and saying, how you doing? How how you feeling? It, it's not normal anymore. People get an attitude when you call because you could have just texted me that. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, if we're not forming this actual connection via familiarizing yourself with my voice or just hanging out and seeing you in person, I feel like it just stays in that digital space. Then even like, like you said, hosting events and stuff i went out to a bar a couple of weeks ago and someone stopped me like immediately said my name and i'm just looking at her like how the hell do you know me (laughs) how you know me and she's like oh i saw you perform on such such and it's like oh and it's like that's a whole nother factor because people see you as a performer whatever you have to immediately turn that persona on really quick Mm -hmm. because they don't know the actual well not the actual but they don't know you as a person at home mm-hmm. and it's so funny i was watching a podcast and this, uh, this person was saying you know when i'm out i'm out but when i'm at home it's uh, two different people you know mm-hmm. you have to learn to turn on and turn off that alter ego because people feel they know you as mm-hmm. an alter ego but they don't really know you and you can't really let everyone in mm-hmm. and that's why i tell people all the time i post stuff on my social media what i want you to know 
Mm-hmm. You will never know about my relationship. You will never know really what's going on in my personal life. You, you'll see what I want you to see. And sometimes mm-hmm. you put stuff on Twitter and Facebook just to give people a chuckle. I agree. I agree. And that's the thing. I wish a lot of people understood. Thank you for the update on the time, Ryan. Um, that's the thing a lot of, I wish a lot of people understood with parasocial relationships. When you come up to somebody and go, oh my God, I love your this. I love your content. You're putting them on blast because like you said, that's more of like an alter ego of, for example, when I'm on YouTube, people come up to me in bars and clubs and like, oh, I love your content. I love your videos. And I have to basically up my energy because when I'm on YouTube, I'm sitting in the comfortable zone of my bedroom. I have a video camera pointed at me and I can freely talk. That's a different kind of person than when I'm just in a social setting and chilling with my friends. So actively having to do that code switch, it's it's a little tiring if, if I do say so myself. But um, like Ryan said, we are running long time, but that's actually a very good conversation. I wish we could have spurred like a side tangent on. But next up is CKC. Yeah, I'll keep this brief. Uh, I find that I, whether it's because of just growing up queer in general and just having to deal with the trauma around that and managing that or just like personal experience of just being an immigrant kid, um, I'm generally reserved and don't have a lot of friends. I'm mostly a loner. I spent most of my early 20s alone, if I'm being honest. Um, and I kind of just struggle to have close intimate relations. I have to really work on it in my natural state, either due to conditioning or whatever, is just to spend time by myself. Um, and I find that with the pandemic, um, a lot of my social circles kind of evaporated. So I had to kind of just start over, which is fine. It's just that I've realized that for me, it's just always going to be like working out. You just kind of have to use this muscle because if you stop using it, it'll just, it'll just atrophy. So that's kind of how I view being social. And I think that with a lot of people with the pandemic, they, became isolated in a way that they have never been before and by themselves and a lot of people literally lost their minds or kind of uh went sideways from it and i think people are just adjusting to that and i think that's kind of led to what i mentioned in the chat with like these a lot of like intense feral emotions when people were in public spaces because they were able to be with each other and they had to deal learn how to like socialize all over again which has been kind of a mess I agree. I agree. Um, especially the learning how to re-socialize again, because like we said earlier in the in the podcast, nowadays people go into like large social settings and they don't necessarily know how to navigate or you'll see them stuck against the wall because they're too uncomfortable to actually dance or talk. But that could also be associated to like section culture in clubs, because from what I've seen in the past, in the videos from quote unquote back in the day, people would be in the club shaking a tail feather. They would go out and would have a good funky time with their friends. And nowadays, people are too shy because they're like, what if somebody records me? I want to look cool. I want to do this. And they're in a the section. Girl, when I tell you, when I first came out here, I'm from Texas. We be throwing ass. We be having fun. When I got up in that section, they was all just standing there looking cool, taking pictures. And I'm like, hold my, hold my drink. So my, my roommate is my cameraman, quote unquote. So I would be throwing ass. I would be on the on top of the, of the beat of the, what do you call it? The, the, the chairs dancing, turning up, and people are just like, oh my God, you're so much fun. Exactly, Yvonne. I was like, ah, ah, ah. They're like, you're so much fun. And I'm like, this is what it's supposed to be. You're supposed to go out and have a good time. But I feel like that's lost, especially with this newer generation. Um, Gary, you had your hand up earlier. I want to give you the chance to speak because we did get to Star Mother prior. 
Okay, I feel I'll be quick. I feel like two things. One, mm -hmm. um, I feel like a lot of this could be an age thing. Like as you get older, mm -hmm. your circle of friends will narrow down to like a few people that you can really depend on. Mm -hmm. But um, in regards to like a romantic, um, or just in general, it, it really depends on where you meet people. Like mm -hmm. if you're looking for friends, um, meetup meetup.com is a great place to <laughs> meet people who have other interests that you have and it's a great place to socialize mm -hmm. when i moved to new york city that's what i did and i met a ton of great people that i still talk to today um if you're looking for people who are more intimate in a romantic sense um that depends on i feel in my experience it depends on how we met like if you met somebody from an app, generally, unless you know you know each other for a long time, you're not gonna get like a deep, intimate connection from there. But if you met them like in person first, that typically, well, at least for me, it, our moments tend to be more passionate because we mm -hmm. build like a friendship first and then moved on to other stuff. I will say that friends that I've made out here, for example, when I get invited to like a friend's birthday or a dinner or a party, I've made deeper connections with them for the sole purpose that we did have vocal and in-person communication the first time we met. Um, when I usually make friends off of the internet, it's like, oh, we talk maybe once a week in a brief, like three text kind of format. But the people that I met in person, we talk all the time, like, girl, how you doing? Where you at? You know, that kind of thing. So I, I definitely agree with your connections can change based on where you meet people. I mean, I've made friends online that I'm deeply connected to, that I talk to every day, all day. So it, it really depends, but I feel like it's easier when you get that in-person feel. But um, we are running low on time. So Star Mother, I can try to pass it on to you, but you will have like 50 seconds. Damn it, unmute. Okay, so I just <laughs> want to say real quick. Um, so I'm a person who was in the military. And one of the things that like people in the military deal with a lot when they finally get out is that people start to live without you and you have to, you're playing catch up to all these social relationships that you missed out on. You mm. learn to pine for them every single day, but they learn to live without you. And you mm. make all these different friends and you make all these different people, but you never really, like you lose a lot of the relationships you had before you joined. And that can be really hard for people. And mm. I just kind of wonder like, even in today's modern age and those people who aren't in those kinds of things, it can be a really big toll on people just to have to feel that feeling of, if I'm not around you, sometimes it feels like you're just living without me and you're okay with that. And that's not mm -hmm. the worst thing. It's very toxic to like only want people to do that. But I struggle with that feeling as well of just, um, if we're not together, if I don't feel like you need me for anything, I definitely will start to feel like, is our relationship still stable? And that can be a part of the loneliness as well. Or if you're just somebody who isn't the, isn't the first choice, that can also lead to a really big problem with being lonely. I'll I, stop it there, but yeah. No, I definitely understand. And I wish you would have told me this earlier because that was a good conversation. But we are running out of time. So once again, thank you everybody for joining in and listening. And I appreciate you guys for tuning in. And thank you everybody for giving your perspectives. And we will see you next time.